And now, Truckers Radio USA presents... Look! Up in the sky! It's a bird! It's a plane! Where are their pants? The Derriers! Oh, yeah! The Derriers! Two amazing brothers boldly exploring the universe of music in the Americana Roadshow. The Derriers are Kansas City's dubious backup specialists. Elvis had the Jordanaires. These are the Derriers. Rhythm guitar, bass, and harmony vocals. Please welcome Leo and Roger Eilts, the Derriers. Welcome to the Americana Roadshow right here on Truckers Radio USA. I'm Roger Isles. I'm Leo Isles. And we are the, the Derriers. We're driving up and down the back roads of America, the turnpikes, the, the interstates, the little two-lane roads. Yeah. And we're just picking up music wherever we find it. That's right. And so uh, uh, people ask us, they say, Derriers, exactly what is Americana music? And we say, well, there's a lot of different definitions, but, uh, you know, for our purposes here, we define it as music with distinctive American roots. Exactly. Having said that, uh, the palette is pretty broad. Oh, it's very broad. Well, it could be old timey. It could be, it could be, it could be pop. It could be bluegrass. It could be country. It could be classical. It could be swing. It could be <laughs> rockabilly. It could be cowboy. Rock and roll. Rock and roll is a good choice. Mm-hmm. It, it, that's kind of pop, but whatever. Yeah. And did we say classical? I did. Oh, okay. Well, well I'm sorry to repeat myself yeah. or yourself. How about R&B? <laughs> that's that one. Okay, all right. I think we get the idea. <laughs> so uh, it's our show. We get to uh, make the definition. That's but right. it does have to have distinctive American roots. And so the format of the show is this. Uh, each of us shows up each week with a fistful of tunes that we have not yet d- disclosed to the other. And that's what we're doing today. And we... Uh, we uh, Parse them out one at a time. We don't talk about it in advance, and sometimes we crossways a little bit. It happens. There's so. been times when we come in with the same song, and yeah, well, we steal one course. out from the other guy. And that, there you that's go. That's how the game works. So. That's how the game works. And we uh, take turns starting the show. And last time, last uh, show, I started. That's right. So I think you're first up this week. I am. Well, let's hear it. Boy, I tell you, um, you know, I uh, we talk about rabbit holes. Yeah, all the we time. Know what those are right. Yeah, absolutely. And so I, I kind of get got into one. I was uh, researching a song, um, and it was it's the uh, uh, the song uh, that's what I like about the South. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. You featured that a while back. Uh, when Phil we, uh, Phil Harris. Phil Harris. Yeah. I was trying to think of yeah, his last yeah. name. And uh, so I was looking into it because I I did a solo duo on it, and I wanted to hear different versions. And I found a version by a band called the Red Stick Ramblers. That's okay. That's a close name, mm-hmm. but it's a different band. Red Stick Ramblers. Okay, Red Stick Ramblers. Uh, they got their name. They're, 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 they do a lot of Cajun. Mm-hmm. It's a, a bunch of uh, people they met at uh, when they went to uh, Louisiana State University. Well, that's the place. And uh, and they uh, started the band in 1999. Red Stick um, is what. Um, uh, darn it! Now what are, I have it. Uh, Baton Rouge. Baton is, means red stick. Oh, yeah. Oh, I hadn't Rouge, even thought about baton. that. Yeah. yeah. Well, okay. How about that? Got it. So anyway, um, but they do, uh, you know, uh, 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 Cajun music, of mm-hmm. course. They do some Western swing. They do some old jazz tunes and that type of things. Now, sadly, the band uh, disbanded uh, in 2006. But then five-sixths of the members uh, 
got another band together, uh, which is called the, the Revelers, and that band still plays. Okay, all right. But anyway, let's listen to this one. Uh, I think it's a fun way to start the show. The Red Stick Lambros, Ramblers, bring it on down to my house. <laughs> Great way to kick it off. Yeah, man. What's the name of that group again? Red Stick Ramblers. Red Stick Ramblers. Wow. Yeah. I had never heard of them before, but that's, that's good stuff. I hadn't either. It it's always really fun to find a new band. It certainly is. Well, Leo, I think it's over to you. I'm going to introduce you. Well, I'm, I'm not going to introduce you. You know who this is. I'm, you just don't know who I'm going to talk about yet. I don't. This guy, his name was Lindley Armstrong Jones, and he was born uh, in December of 1911. You did I get ahead of you on one? <laughs> yeah. I got ahead of you it's on. All good. It's all good. I love it. Go okay. ahead. Okay, Spike Jones. Yeah, baby. We learned about Spike Jones from our father, as we, I recall. Our father, we did. That's our right. father, who art in Hayes. Yeah, and uh, he had a couple of albums, and we listened. We just cracked up. Oh yeah. The, the guy was hysterically funny, but anyway, um, he picked up his name Spike uh, because his dad uh, actually worked for the railroad. Mm-hmm. Okay, and they uh, called him Spike because he was so skinny that they he said he looked like a railroad spike. <laughs> <laughs> so he, that's a anyway. Uh, the, 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 you'll hear some of the stuff that they did, but they did spoof arrangements of popular tunes of the day. Okay, and uh, back in the 30s and 40s, and he died in uh, 1965. 
but they're they're punctuated with gunshots and whistles and cowbells and you know comedic vocals and weird stuff that they used to just basically crack you up to listen to these guys. Yeah, I tell you what, if if uh, anybody out there has not heard Spike Jones, oh, they you got to just go. uh, t- snug up your seatbelt just a little bit. And here's the thing: after hearing this, you're you're gonna go, how in the hell could they possibly have done this live? And they did. They did. You they, bet. If you go look on on YouTube or some of those services, you're gonna see him actually doing this stuff live. It was just amazing. Yep, it's incredible. But anyway, his his father was a Southern Pacific Railroad agent. And um, he has he got the uh, he got his first set of drums as as a kid. He was about eleven years old, but he played in bands and stuff, and that he formed himself because he heard things that he wanted to play. Well, his first band was called Spike Jones and his Five Tracks. And what's interesting about this is that a railroad restaurant chef, right, in one of the places where his dad worked, taught him how to use pots and pans, forks, knives, and spoons as musical <laughs> instruments. <laughs> Hey, kids used to do that. Oh, and this was a stitch. I, I just, I laugh out loud every time I listen to this. And, um, anyway, let's just get to it. It's a very popular time, uh, tune at the time. It's called Cocktails for Two. Sharing a delight, this and that, and cocktails for two. As we enjoy a cigarette, to some exquisite chansonette, two hands are sure to slyly meet beneath a serviette with cocktails for two. My head may go reading, but my heart will be obedient with intoxicating kisses for the Most any afternoon at five, we'll be so glad we're both alive. Then maybe fortune will complete the plan that all began with cocktail Glad we're both alive. 
Then maybe fortune will complete her plan That all began with That, that yeah. still cracks me up, man. Uh, you know, so I also had them on the docket. I think I gathered that. Yeah. Um, and and I found a piece of video, a YouTube video, uh, of them doing a different song, but it's I believe it's from a movie, and it's like they're auditioning uh, for this guy. Wow! Uh, and it's just a great piece of video. I'm going to post yeah, it. Yeah, post our it website, on the. You bet. And it gives an idea to see them do this live and all the stuff they had. It, it's. <laughs> Funny stuff. Those guys were insane. Well, good pick, Leo. I like that. Well, good good pick on both of us, I guess. But, yeah. But I beat you to it. But now yep. you're up. Yes. And uh, what's it going to be? Dr. Hook and the Medicine Show. Well, of course it's going to be Dr. <laughs> Hook and the Medicine Show. <laughs> you know, um, I don't know why. Just started thinking of them and uh, used to listen to them quite a bit. So um, they, of course, you know, they, they had a lot, of, a lot of hits in the 70s, you mm-hmm. know. Yeah. And, uh, Songs like Sylvia's Mother, Cover of the Rolling Stone was probably the big one yep. that everybody remembers. Only 16, Sharing the Night Together. Uh, but anyway, so I, I got to looking at, I never really researched the band that much, mm-hmm. right? So the, um, the, the early uh, people that started the band, founding, founding core of the band was George Cummings, Ray Sawyer, and Billy Francis. And then they took on a future primary vocalist, and his name was Dennis Locarier. I believe that's right. Let's, let's, let's hear just it. check. Dennis Locarier. 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 Okay. Okay. Now, so they so he became the voice of Doctor Hook, and that was okay. a very distinctive voice. Very distinctive yeah. voice, right? Yeah. And so uh, it's kind of funny. They said uh, now uh, they initially Dennis Locarier came uh, along as a bass player. But then uh, they named the new band Dr. Hook and the Medicine Show Tonic for the Soul. Okay. Okay. So the hook was inspired. So Ray Sawyer was one of the original guys, and he had an eye patch. <laughs> and it's because he had a near-fatal car accident, and he lost Oh, really? Eye. So wow. he always wore an eye patch. Um, but it, so it was a reference to the Captain Hook of the Peter Pan fairy tale. Okay, I, I got that. But, of course, that Captain Hook was neither a doctor nor did he wear an eye patch. <laughs> How far can we stretch this? Well, it's true. So anyway, but it, it's funny. So the so the eye patch led people to believe that Sawyer was Doctor Hook. Okay. Okay. Sure, you yeah. know, so the visual. Gotcha. But when anyone asked the band which one of them was Doctor Hook, they always directed them to the bus driver. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love that. Oh, that's perfect. So I discovered this album, uh, and, <laughs> and it's it's called Alone in the Studio: The Lost Tapes, and it's Doctor Hook or uh, Dennis LeCarrier. Uh, the voice of Dr. Uh-huh. Hook. And it's uh, it's just him and a guitar. Really? And it's really a cool um, a cool piece of work. And, uh, and, and they had so many distinctive songs, but I picked this one, Queen of the Silver Dollar. A lot of people had hits with that. Probably Emmy Lou is the mm-hmm, one that, mm-hmm, that I mm-hmm. think of. She yeah. had a, a big one. But uh, this is just um, him and a guitar, Alone in the Studio, The Lost Tapes is the name of it, Queen of the Silver Dollar. Ooh, 
she arrives in all her splendor every night at nine o'clock and her chariot is a crosstown bus that stops right down the block the old piano minstrel plays a song as she walks in and the queen of the silver dollar She's home again, that's right. She's the queen of the silver dollar. And she rules this smoky kingdom. And a scepter is a wine glass. And a bar stool is a throne. And the jesters flock around her. torn and her sparkling jewels are rhinestones and her shoes are stuffed and worn from the many roads she's traveled and the wondrous sight she's seen and I watch her and I pray God save the queen that's right she's the queen of the seal she rules a smoky kingdom and a scepter is a wine glass and a bar stool is her throne and the jesters flock around her and fight to win her favors and see which one will take the queen of the silver dollar Once an ordinary girl with ordinary dreams. But I found her and I won her and I brought her to this world. Yes, I'm the man who made a queen of a simple country girl. Silver dollar home. 
wait for it. There it is. If you weren't paying attention, the last words were, yeah, yeah, you do, yeah. Yeah, yeah, you do, yeah. Yeah. Okay, thank you. I think you. that was Cajun. Thanks for straightening that. <laughs> That's crazy. Yeah, wasn't that something? Yeah, that was really fun. It I- is hard. One guy and a guitar. There you, you know, go. That, so. And we were just talking about the the uh, guitar players will know about this. It sounds like he was playing an E major to an A major kind of tune. Sounds like a pretty open sound. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Open sound. Wow, cool stuff. Well, I think we used up our time for this set, Leo. I, I'm pretty pretty much sure you're right. Yep. And so uh, we didn't take a quick break, make it tomorrow's moving day like well, always. That's right. We need right. to go police the area, pick up our trash. And make sure we got the tires aired up good. Yep. We got all the little stuff. Uh-huh. That, that's what will get you if you don't check it. Oh, that's right. right. Okay. Okay. So we'll take a short break, and we'll be right back. In the meantime, we are the Dairy Airs. And this is the American Road, Road Show on Truckers Radio USA. Here we are. We are back, and we are broadcasting this week from the Shady Grove RV Park right here in Mailbane, North Carolina. North Carolina. Yeah. I tell you, those Shady Grove folks, they got something going on, don't they? They do. They do. They, they treat us well. They do treat us well until you they know get why? to know us. Why? Because they don't know who we are. They don't know who we are. <laughs> so this is, this is a true thing. You know, people ask us, they say, Derriers, why is it that you broadcast from all these Shady Grove RV parks? Well, because, you know, all of our friends have other places that they broadcast from, like well, yes, ranches. Our, com- yeah. our compadres yeah. on uh, Truckers Radio USA, mm-hmm. they have ranches. Ranches, yeah. Right. So, for instance, uh, Rex Allen Jr. has the Rock and Diamond R Ranch. Right. Uh, Allen Bailey, the Swing and Gate Ranch. Yep. Tennessee Jim, Diamond W Ranch. Absolutely. And Warren Friesen, of course, has the Rock, Rock and Banjo, yeah. Yeah, the Rock and Banjo Ranch. Mm-hmm. And we've got this it's, old it's RV. It's an RV. <laughs> <laughs> so we shouldn't complain about the RV. She's still running across country yeah, with us. You know, we ask a lot from the old girl, that's but she true. keeps delivering. So. That's true. So, uh, well, anyway, Leo, we are uh, uh, hot into segment two, and it is your it's turn. My turn. Yeah, I can't wait to hear what you've got. Well, the problem is, Roger, and you know this, we have no filter when it comes to listening to music. True. Okay. I mean, yeah. I don't know how else to say it, right? Yeah. So if if I hear something and it kind of hits me right, and then I start listening to it, and it, you know, I get into it a little bit. I'm going to play um, an album, a song from an album called Play. Okay. That's literally what the name of it was. This guy's name was Richard Melville Hall. Okay. He was born in uh, September of 1965. And he was born uh, in Harlem in Manhattan in New York City. And his father gave him the nickname Moby. Oh. Okay. (laughs) Three days after his birth, as his parents considered the name Richard too large for a newborn baby. (laughs) <laughs> okay. Now, the, the name was also a reference to the, the family's ancestry, because this guy, who goes by Moby, mm-hmm. right, uh, he, uh, he says he's the great, great, great nephew of Herman Melville, author of Moby Dick. Dick. Oh, how about that? All right. So this guy got into Electronica. Um, you know, he, he, you know how it is. It's like uh, with Brian Wilson, the Beach Boys and the right. Beatles. They would hear something in their brain, and then they would go about figuring out how to make that sound that they could hear, right? Mm-hmm. Well, that's definitely the way this guy was. Uh, he, he got into it, and he, finally he got into a place where he just started recording his own stuff and doing sequencing and looping. And this is basically electronica dance music. Okay. But it's haunting. Uh, I, from the first time I've heard it, I, I've just enjoyed it every time. It just really puts me in a mood. Uh, anyway, the, uh, this, this play, the album eventually became the biggest-selling electronica album of all time. Wow. Uh, with over 12 million copies sold worldwide. 
Wow. So just kind of sit back and get into this. So uh, this is Moby, and uh, this song is called Nobody Knows My Troubles But God. Trouble so hard, oh Lord, trouble so hard. Don't nobody know my trouble but God. Don't nobody know my trouble but God.
Is that different enough for you? Yeah, man. You know, uh, I have to admit, I really hadn't listened uh, to Moby before. That has some real kind of old blues gospel feel. It does. Yeah, Yeah, it does. Like uh, black gospel almost, you know, because we've we've dabbled in that a lot. And I should correct myself. The actual name of the song is Trouble So Hard. Ah. If you're going to look it up. But yeah, it's it's yeah, that's kind of the way I feel about it too when it plays. Awesome, good pick, Leo. Well, there you go, and now it's back to you. Okay, I I, I don't know why. Ever so often, you get a look in your eye, <laughs> and I just have I have a bad feeling. Oh, that's another one eighty for you. Okay, here we go. So, um, in nineteen forty eight, brothers Ross and Don Barber formed a barbershop. Their name, Barber, formed a barbershop, B-A-R-B-O-U-R, quartet called House Harmonizers at Butler University in Indianapolis, Indiana, okay? So they soon kind of adapted, and they kind of got more jazzy feel and that type of thing, and they renamed themselves the Toppers. And at first, they were influenced by Glenn Miller, you know, the modern airs, and Mel Torme's the Meltones, you know? Mm -hmm. Remember that? I do. But uh, they soon got their own kind of thing going, and in September 1948, they went on the road as... The Four Freshmen. Oh, yeah, okay. All right. I do. We, God, we had their albums when we were kids. Sure did. And so they su- started drawing people like Dizzy Gillespie and Woody Herman. This is interesting. In um, in March of 1950, Stan Kenton heard the quartet at the Esquire Lounge in Dayton, Ohio. <laughs> I want to go there. <laughs> but he had been told at his own show earlier that night about a quartet in town that sounded like his 43-piece ensemble. Whoa. And was sufficiently impressed that he arranged for an audition with his label Capital Rage, uh, Records, who signed them later. So, um, you know me. I like, I love what I call crunchy harmonies. Yeah. A lot of dissonance, mm-hmm. all those all those notes just kind of smashed together. Yep. Now is when we're going to have a real interesting part to, the, to this thing. A few weeks ago, you featured uh, Brian Wilson. I did, yeah. Right? Uh-huh. So, the four freshmen were an important influence on Brian Wilson beginning in the mid-50s. So, the mid-50s, he was not too old at that point, right? He listened to one of their albums, Four Freshmen and Five Trombones, and it mesmerized him. He spoke very highly of it. He said, it brings a feeling of love inside me, that feeling of harmony. And aside from listening to their music, he was a teenager. Then he made a point of seeing them perform live. He made a solitary pilgrimages to the resort hotels of Catalina Island to see them. <laughs> wow. So um, I, I want you to listen to this song. I, I picked one. It's from the album Four Freshmen of Five Trombones. And the name of the song is Angel Eyes. But I want you to listen to it, and you are going to hear the influence that it had on Brian Wilson. Oh, man, I can't wait. Let's give it a listen. Ain't here. 
dissonant harmony yeah and yeah. those guys did not leave a note unsung in that oh yeah wow isn't it cool to see the progression it really you know, is that, you know brian wilson as a teenager was listening infatuated with those guys totally get and it and then where he took it you know well isn't it's that awesome it is awesome and That's it's great. kind of funny because brian wilson also kind of plays into what i'm getting ready to do oh boy i can't wait yeah well here i'm going to talk about a group of musicians out in la back okay let me back up just a little bit in those heady days of the 60s, uh, we talked about uh, how the uh, songs were being knocked out one after Carol yeah. King and Gary Goffin, and it was like a factory, and songs were coming out so fast. Well, AM radio was just popping out, you know, rock tunes, pop tunes, right and left. Mm -hmm. And um, so they were coming out so fast that the record companies were basically gluing this stuff together to get it out as quick as they could. <laughs> I mean, okay. it's just that way. Uh -huh. So so you had all these great hits that were coming out, but they didn't have time. First of all, the recording studios in L.A. were booked solid all the time. I mean, we're talking 24-7. Wow. Because recording time was expensive. 
Right. So they didn't have a, a lot of time to waste on some guy learning to play the bass for the first time. So they went with an ensemble that became known as the Wrecking Crew. Oh, yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah, that's great. Now, every every uh, metropolitan area that had a recording uh, thing going, music thing going, they kind of had people like this. Uh, but these guys in particular were incredibly prolific. So I, what I'm going to do here, I'm going to play uh, one of my famous mashups here. And uh, it's going to feature a total of 26 songs. Wow. And every one of these songs has one thing in common, and that is that the backup band was the Wrecking Crew. All right. Now, the reason they were called the Wrecking Crew is that these were, uh, the reason these guys were so much in demand is that they were classically trained. So they were readers. They could read music. Okay. And so they could they were fast studies because they were doing three and four sessions a day in different places. They just so there were there were horn sections and string sections and bass players and guitar players. Glenn uh, Glenn Campbell was a part right. of this whole thing and and a lot of these people launched their careers out of there. Uh, speaking of Brian Wilson, most of the cuts on Pet Sounds were recorded with the Wrecking Crew. Right, because back then, people didn't uh, accompany themselves. Exactly. Right. But later on now, that was the demise of the Wrecking Crew and other ensembles like that eventually. First of all, the songs, which had been two and a half to three minutes, were getting longer. With with the uh, advent of FM radio? FM radio. Yeah. So you couldn't put as many songs in an hour as you used to be able. Right. So, so the number of songs was going down, right? And also, what you just mentioned, uh, there came a point when the band started working into their contracts, they wanted to play their own instruments. Right. So that's so the, the, the heyday of the Wrecking Crew lasted about mm, 12 years, give or take. And eventually they all went off. And I did a big study about uh, Carol Kay, who was a legendary bass player. Oh, yeah. And she played all these great bass lines. So I could keep talking about it, or I could just play it. Now, keep in mind, every one of these songs, 26. Wow. Every one of these uh, you can listen to, the backup band was the Wrecking Crew. Are you ready to go? I can't wait. Buckle in.
To you that's that's amazing it's really amazing education you know the more i dug into it the more i learned about it it's really something that's hey I, but so i got something fun to suggest here what's that well as we mentioned there's 26 songs that represented in there we, right and you know we don't expect people to actually have paid attention to the whole thing right now right but this show is going to be repeated three or four more times four more times this week right this week so i'll tell you what if people listen to this thing and they want to give, make a list Mm-hmm. And send it in to us, and we'll give them contact information after the break. Uh-huh. Okay, send it to us. The first three people that get them all right, or uh-huh. as, as many the as most. they can, the most, we're going to send them a nice little gift. We'll send them a Three Trails West CD, yeah, and some bumper stickers and stuff like that. And for yep. the next five or ten people oh, that get it, we'll put some bumper stickers in the mail to them too. How about that? I think that sounds like fun. Well, in, in the meantime, I think. We're out of time. We are out of time. <laughs> we're and, running uh, a little over here. For this segment, so uh, we're going to take a break. We'll be back pretty soon. Uh, we are the Derriers, and this is the Americana Roadshow right here on Truckers, Truckers Radio, Radio USA. USA. Well, 
We're back. We're backing into the third set. Because that's what we do. We back up. We back up. Yeah. So this is the part of the show where we like to suggest that you go to our websites. All of them. uh, On all the internets. Right. uh, TheDerrieres.com. And 3TrailsWest.com with the number three. Yeah. And uh, go there. There's a lot of content there. Content. A lot of videos and things. You'll be... Contented, contented after yes. you watch them, yeah. That's right. And uh, there are also ways to contact us. We uh, we had told you at the end of the last segment that uh, we would tell you how to get a hold of us. That's right. If you want to get in that little contest, maybe get a CD. Yeah. Uh, so uh, go ahead, Roger. So um, there are contact us tabs at both of our websites, or we have invested in our very own email addresses, Roger, no D, at thederrieres.com. And Leo at thederrieres.com. Yeah. So contact us. Let us know. Um, pick up on as many of those bands as you can. Let's, uh, we want to send out some CDs. That'll be stuff. fun. That'll be fun. That'll be fun. Uh, let's see. I think since I used up a lot of time in that last set, I think it's your turn. It is. Well, what do you got? Hey, I got something uh, really interesting. Uh, you know our pal Katie Joe. Yeah, from she, out in the Denver she's area. just like one of our she's main consultants. My, she's man. like my musical muse wow. now, man. She keeps throwing all this great new music, and I just love it. So she told me about a guy by the name of uh, Charlie Crockett. Ever heard of him? It, was he Davy's brother? Uh, maybe a great-grandson. Great-grandson, okay. But uh, he was uh, raised in an isolated rural part of the Rio Grande Valley by a single mother in a trailer surrounded by sugarcane and grapefruit fields. I can think of worse. Yeah. Born 1984. So, an interesting guy. As a teenager, he was into freestyling and rapping, and he spent his formative years living with his uncle in New Orleans. No problem. No, no problem no, with that. Nothing bad going no, on there. No, He first became a street performer there and discovered a new love for folk music. Hmm. Moved to New York City, played hip-hop and blues on street corners in his subway cars. So, he says what's important to his identity is that he's lived the songs that he writes and sings. That makes sense. He's had two brushes with the law that have resulted in him being a twice convicted felon. <laughs> oh, he went right straight for the felony. Huh? Yeah, but he said, you know, he, he's put the experiences behind him, but he does not wish them away because they still inform his music as part of him, you know? <laughs> okay. In not, January not, 2019, he underwent open heart surgery, and they found out that he had a congenital heart condition where his heart had two out of three aortic valves fused together. Oh. So what did he do? What? He recorded a new album. <laughs> Just because. So, and I'm going to tell you, I'm going to tell you what I like about this okay. guy. It sounds like old country to me. I, I've never heard of the guy again. I never Katie had either. Joe just keeps feeding he us keeps stuff. He's giving here. us great stuff. So let's listen to Charlie Crockett. The album's called Welcome to Hard Times. And the song is Heads You Win. This really ain't her fault 
something that is straight ahead country man wow that's a really good find tell katie joe we appreciate it of course if she's listening yeah okay thanks thanks for doing that all right leo what do you got i'm going to feature a song by a guy his name his full name was john cowan harford okay all right and uh back in that when he's first getting his career underway he changed his name a little bit uh, at the advice of his buddy uh, Chet Atkins, who was kind of his mentor at the time. So he changed his name uh, to John Hartford. Ah. Okay. Okay. Now, in this uh, particular song I'm going to play is a sig- his signature song from 1967, Gentle on My Mind, okay. which is probably one of the most covered tunes ever. And as you, uh, you and I both agree that going back to the root, the original you know, performance is very satisfying. And that's what I want to do today. But it's kind of interesting because... Um, you know, he actually grew up in St. Louis, just across the state from where we are right now. And um, he was exposed to the river uh, culture living there, and he developed a, a lifelong infatuation with riverboats. He was a riverboat captain, he? Wasn't became he? a full-fledged, honest-to-God yeah. riverboat captain. How about that? He did, man. And his, and his, uh, his, his climb to fame uh, involves some other people that we featured here. There's some others, brothers. Mm-hmm. Because he was like a regular on this Mother's Brothers right. comedy hour. He was the guy who would sit in the front row and uh, stand up with his banjo and start playing the theme song as the show got started. So, That's right, yeah. Anyway, a very interesting guy. But he also played uh, on another famous uh, song uh, called I'll Be Lucky, which was a Guthrie Thomas song. And he also played with the Birds on their album Sweetheart of the Rodeo. Oh, so we he, featured he, that a week or two ago. He, we did. So he's just all over the place. Now, there was just an article just came out in uh, Bluegrass Unlimited Magazine, 
And uh, he passed away in June of 2001. But the message book on that site, uh, it keeps talking about uh, how it was filled with over 2,000 stories describing encounters with Hartford that left impressions on people through the years. As you know, I have one of those. Yes, sir. When I got to jam with him down at Guthrie many years ago. So just sit back and enjoy this guy, his, his musicality. This is maybe one of the greatest songs ever written. It's knowing that your door is always open and your path is free to walk. That makes me tend to leave my sleeping bag rolled up and stashed behind your couch. And it's knowing I'm not shackled by forgotten words and bonds And the ink stains that have dried upon some line That keeps you in the back roads by the rivers of my memory That keeps you ever gentle on my mind It's not clinging to the rocks and ivy planted on their columns now that binds me Or something that somebody said because they thought we fit together walking It's just knowing that the world will not be cursing or forgiven When I walk along some railroad track and find That you're moving on the back roads by the rivers of my memory And for hours you're just gentle on my mind Though the wheat fields and the clotheslines and the junkyards and the highways come between us And some mother woman crying to her mother cause she turned and I was gone I still might run in silence, tears of joy might stain my face, and a summer sun might burn me till I'm blind. But not to where I cannot see you walking on the back roads by the rivers flowing gentle on my mind. I dip my cup of soup back from the gurgling, crackling cauldron in some train yard. My beard a roughening coal pile and a dirty hat pulled low across my face. Through cupped hands round a tin can, I pretend to hold you to my breast and find. That you're waving from the back roads by the rivers of my memory Ever smiling, ever gentle on my mind
that's a nice way to go out. A little Artie Shaw there, Besame Mucho. Besame Mucho. That's kind of turned into a jam tune down at Winfield. Yeah, it has. Yeah. And it took me a while. We had our friends uh, Alphonse and a few people trying to teach us that song. So. Yeah. That's a good one. Good tune. Well, Leo, we are out of time. We are totally out of time. But uh, you know what? We need to uh, we need to figure out where we're going next it's week. It's time to move on. Yeah, we got to throw a dart. Oh shoot! Yeah. Now wait a minute. Whose turn is it to? Uh, I, I, uh, your I turn time. to throw the dart. I got to throw the dart. Yeah. So, okay. So, well, let's. Uh, I, I'll get the map. Get the map out there. Where do we leave it? In the uh, closet. It's in the closet. Okay. okay. There. Uh, okay. Here it is. I know. I know. I know. I is the dart. Okay. The dart. It's in the spoon drawer. Spoon drawer. Okay. So here. Okay. I got the map up. That's okay, good. Yeah. Did you yeah, find I, it? Yeah, yeah, I got it. I got it. I got it. Okay. All right. All right. Now you got to turn around three uh, times. Okay. So you ready? Yep. One, One two, two, three. Throw the dart. Throw the dart. Oh, oh wow. Where was that? Oh, man. Kind of south. Well, that's good. Um, Theodore, Alabama. Theodore. I've never heard of Theodore. Never been there. Shady Grove RP, RV Park right there in Theodore, Alabama. That's well, where we're headed. Let's go. Okay. Let's get it on down the road. Well, it's been a fun show. It has been a fun show. Yeah, I can't wait to get back in. I got a bunch of songs left over. And you got to get out of my head. Okay, sorry. Or I got to get out of your head one or the other. Because <laughs> we're starting to do a mind melt on that's some of these okay. songs. So, okay. That's okay. That's, that's fair game. Okay. All right. Well, until next week, um, uh, right back here on Truckers Radio USA, this is the Americana Road Show. And remember, folks, look, look out, out behind, behind you. you. It's the Derriers. Derriers.